Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new season of the Tri-State College Basketball Podcast. My name is Brian DiNovellis, and this is episode 40, the first of the 2022-23 college basketball season, which, guess what, tips off in less than three weeks. The Big East was front and center at Madison Square Garden this week, and man, you talk about a conference of coaches, not just any coaches. We're talking winning coaches, championship coaches, all assembled at the world's most famous arena. Ed Cooley, Doug McDermott, Dan Hurley, Shaka Smart. Newcomers, old faces. How about Thad Mata returning to Butler? And Sean Miller, who returns to Xavier. Mata, of course, had so much success at Ohio State. He's the winningest coach in Ohio State history, multiple Big Ten championships, two Final Fours with the Buckeyes. Miller also won multiple Pac-12 championships at Arizona and took the Wildcats to a number of Elite Eight appearances. Yes, unfortunately, there is a cloud of allegations of recruiting violations that he left behind at Arizona. And this is serious stuff, folks. We know how the NCAA works with the Blue Bloods. A slap on the wrist here or there. But look, this is a level one infraction that is going against Sean Miller for a lack of discipline within the program under his watch. If he's found guilty, he could be staring at a lengthy suspension at Xavier. He would have to serve it at Xavier. We're talking upwards of half a season. But Miller's back at Xavier where he started it all. And if you don't think that Sean Miller is going to get players, is going to recruit, and is going to bring Xavier back to the NCAA tournament, then you've been living under a rock, okay? We know how this works. He's going to win. Locally, Shaheen Holloway taking over at Seton Hall, his alma mater. Try to find me a former basketball player at Seton Hall who bleeds more blue than Shaheen Holloway. All right, he became the first coach to lead a 15 seed in St. Peter's to the Elite Eight last year. We know these coaches are taking over programs. They're going to win here in the Big East. Look, this could be the most exciting season since the new Big East was reinvented in 2013. We have coaches. We have players. We have programs that are primed to win this season. And at the top of it all is Creighton, the heavy betting favorite to finish first. On paper, this is Doug McDermott's best team ever. And it's led by Ryan Kalkbrenner. He's on the first team preseason All-Big East. Did you read the quotes that he had about Adama Sinogo? He was asked about Adama Sinogo being the preseason Big East Player of the Year at UConn. Yes, he had praise for Adama, but he also said, hey, I know what I can do. This is a player who oozes confidence. And he is front and center of this Creighton Blue Jay team. Ryan Nemhard, who got injured last year, late in the season, 
and wasn't able to play in the Big East tournament or the NCAA tournament. He might be the most exciting point guard in the conference. Arthur Kaluma. In my opinion, these are the two best sophomores or two of the best sophomores in the league, along with Jordan Hawkins. And no one is even talking about Trey Alexander on preseason All-Big East. And he is certainly one of Creighton's best players. This team's loaded. And they get arguably the best shooter, one of the top transfers in the portal last spring, in six foot seven Baylor Shireman out of South Dakota State. All this kid did was shoot nearly 50% from three last season. He led the Summit League in rebounding and assists, drawing comparisons to Larry Bird. Why not? Can he come into the Big East and do what he did at South Dakota State? Look, odds are he's going to put up numbers. Maybe not the same numbers, but odds are he's going to compete right away. This team is loaded. They have a bullseye. And by the way, I had a chance to meet up with a dear old friend, Jason Baum, who rose to prominence as Rutgers Sports Information Director under Greg Schiano in his first term at Rutgers. All he's done was, you know, carve out a nice little niche in sports media communications with the Red Bulls and Boston College. And now he lands at Creighton as one of their as associate athletic directors. Got to see him at Big East Media Day, and he's like, man, this place is just basketball crazy. We know Creighton sells out, you know, 16, 17,000 fans. They lead the Big East in attendance every year. Jason told me they have 9,000 at an open practice. Uh, Creighton has the bullseye, and will they be able to live up to expectations? Preseason top 10, some people think preseason top five, a final four contender. We shall see. Uh, the coaches have Xavier number two in the preseason poll. Look, I think that's a little high. I would put Villanova at number two, especially if Justin Moore is healthy and can give them something, you know, the second half of the season coming off his torn Achilles. I'd probably put UConn at number three and Xavier number four, but the coaches have spoken. They put Xavier at number two. They caught fire last March, won the NIT. They're hoping that carries over this year with a new head coach. They have players returning as well. Two of the best in the conference, Colby Jones and Jack Nunji. Xavier's the only team, oh, by the way, with two players on the first team preseason all Big East. That counts for something. Nunji led Xavier in scoring, rebounding, block shots. Boy, you talk about bigs in the Big East. Sonogo, Kalkbrenner, Nunji, Wahab back at Georgetown. There are some big, bold dudes who can play. Bergen Catholic, Zach Fremantle had an interesting off-season. He was suspended indefinitely. Did you catch that? Now, no word as to why he was suspended indefinitely at Xavier. Couldn't have been good, but that only lasted a week. So he was reinstated, but there were some issues with Fremantle. Can he return to his sophomore season, the former Bergen Catholic star? 
He didn't have a sophomore slump. He had a junior slump last year. Numbers were way down last year. If he can go back to his sophomore numbers, then Xavier has quite a three-headed monster with Fremantle, Nunji, and Jones. And look out for Sule Boom. Sule Boom. He's a grad transfer out of UTEP. Led UTEP in scoring at more than 19 points a game. This kid can fill it. All right. He can step into the starting lineup right away and fire away for Sean Miller and company at Xavier. Let's talk Villanova. Gone is, of course, Hall of Famer Jay Wright. In his place, longtime assistant Kyle Neptune. The Wildcats are the second top 25 team. UConn and Xavier are on the outside looking in to begin the season, but don't be surprised if by, let's say, November, that we have four teams in the Big East in the top 25. If healthy, and it's a big if, Villanova is once again a national championship contender. But it's a big if. Look, Justin Moore is hoping to return around Christmas. He had a torn Achilles tendon. I speak from experience. I was 29. I know I was a little older. And I wasn't a blue chip college basketball player. But these things take time. Nine, ten months minimum. So if you put the clock on, more should return to full health sometime in January. All right, but he is targeting Christmas. We'll see. I think January is more realistic, but when, not if, but when Justin Moore returns, and if he can show that he is Justin Moore, that's like adding a free agent for the Big East portion of the season. Now, they also have more injury news. Preseason Big East Rookie of the Year, Cam Whitmore. A five-star, top 10 recruit, McDonald's All-American. He broke his thumb, had surgery. He's out at least a month, maybe more. I cannot wait to see this kid play. You know, for a while, Jay Wright was doing it with three and four-star recruits. Well, Villanova's a blue blood program. They can get these five-star kids. He might be Cam Whitmore. He might be Villanova's first one-and-done player since Tim Thomas. We're going back to 1997, that era. He might be the first one-and-done player if Cam Whitmore can prove that he is healthy and puts up numbers like he did over the summer with the U.S. men's U18 basketball team. He was the best player on that team, averaged 18 points and six rebounds. Can't wait to see him play. And they have another top 50 freshman in point guard Mark Armstrong. He was the top player in New Jersey last year at St. Peter's Prep. So here we go again. Villanova has an athletic uh, wing. They have a top point guard. The pieces are right there. I know they have a new head coach, but Kyle Neptune has the pieces to succeed, they have to get healthy first. Now that brings us to the three locals, UConn, St. John's, Seton Hall. Let's go in that order. 
UConn predicted fourth. I think they're more like three, but whatever. We'll see. Fourth, third, does it really matter? All right, Providence, oh, by the way, last year's regular season champions. I don't want to ignore them. Ed Cooley getting respect from his colleagues. The Big East coaches have them in the top five. Personally, I would put St. John's and Seton Hall ahead of them. I would put Providence seventh. But look, fifth, sixth, seventh, you can throw Providence, St. John's, and Seton Hall in a hat. Pick one out. And that guess is as good as mine. But Jared Bynum, the league's top sixth man last year, he's a preseason first teamer. Ed Cooley has done it before with a lot of new faces. Can he work his magic again? We shall see. But let's concentrate on UConn first. All right. The Huskies, we all agree, they have the best big man in the conference, preseason player of the year, Adama Sinogo. He just keeps getting better and bigger and stronger and more experienced. He is poised for another monster year. Last year, he averaged 15 and 8. I mean, why not 17 and 10? 18 and 10. Jordan Hawkins, we know Dan Hurley loves him. Is he ready to become that next great scorer at UConn? And we know Hurley loves, loves Andre Jackson. He is just a freak of an athlete. In my opinion, Jackson doesn't have a true position. He is like this super hybrid. He can play all five. He can be a point forward. He can be a wing. He can be a power forward. He can be a center. Now, unfortunately, like Cam Whitmore, Jackson broke. He broke his pinky in practice and had surgery. He's hoping to return around Thanksgiving. So this is a chance for some of the new guys to step up at UConn and get playing time. They have one of the best recruiting classes in the country once again, and it's led by the Connecticut State Player of the Year, seven-footer Donovan Klingen, the Gatorade State Player of the Year in Connecticut out of Bristol Central High School, the consensus number one player on the number one team in Connecticut. Hurley has said he's going to put Klingon out there with Sonogo. That I want to see. A seven-footer and a 6'10", dominating inside post presence. Man, how do you guard that? That's like shades of when Hurley was at Seton Hall and you could throw out a seven-footer and a 6'7", 6'8", power forward. We're talking Luther Wright and Jerry Walker. It's on that level, but different skill sets. Donovan Klingon and Adama Sinogo. But the big question for Hurley is not inside. It's not on the wing. Who's going to play point? They need a floor general. They need a leader out there on the floor. Andre Jackson can fill that role, but at some point, we need to see who's going to replace R.J. Cole and his leadership and his scoring and his guts and guile, right? The type of player that Hurley could just say, R.J., go out there and make a play. Right now, they don't really have that. And until Hurley can find it, 
Jackson is going to maybe be that guy to make that play. The leading candidates are Tristan Newton, the transfer from East Carolina, Hassan Diara, the gritty guard who transferred from Texas A&M. They might end up sharing the point guard duties until one of them seizes the opportunity and wins Hurley over. Another key transfer is Naheem Aline, the three-point shooter from Virginia Tech. Hurley reloading the roster with new faces. It's going to take time to see how they all gel with the veterans, Sonogo and Hawkins and Jackson. We'll see how Hurley puts them all together and gets them to mesh come Big East season. All right, now moving on, let's talk St. John's. They lost Mr. Everything in Julian Champagny, but they do return one of the best point guards in the Big East and Posh Alexander. Once again, named first team preseason all Big East for the second straight year. I like what I'm reading about Posh. I like what I see. All right, he was playing at like 215 last year. You know, six feet, 215. He was a rock, but he's lost weight by all accounts. And from what I saw at Big East Media Day, he definitely trimmed down. We're talking 15, 20 pounds. He's been working all summer on his three-point shot. I mean, last year it was abysmal. I mean, go ahead, Posh, shoot it. You know, he was lucky to make one out of five last year. But he says he's worked on it all summer. If he can add a three-point shot to his arsenal, he's going to be the complete package. He can drive, distribute, score, rebound. Now if he can shoot, look out. Look out. But the most exciting player on that team is probably David Jones. I got a chance to see him in a couple of the Dominican Republic games over the summer. I mean, he was great at DePaul. He's a proven scorer in the Big East. He's a lefty. We know how hard they are to defend. He can score. He can drive. He can shoot. And over the summer, I know it's different competition, but there were some pros out there in the Dominican Republic teams, all right? And he led the team in scoring over the summer. Uh, I don't see any reason why David Jones won't be the leading scorer this year. Uh, he and Posh would be right there, 1A and 1B. So if he's going, it'll really open things up for Posh. I'm still wondering what we're going to get out of Andre Corbello. We know what he did at Illinois. We know he can score. All right, he had a bit of a sophomore slump. But really, how is he going to fish? How is he going to find his niche? Mike Anderson is saying all the right things. Look, these are two guys who are gamers. They want to play with one another. But again, you know, who's going to have the ball? Who's going to take the shot? Where are they going to take the shot? When are they going to take the shot? We won't know until we see it. All right, so it's, it's going to take time. And, and from what I saw from Corbello over the summer, he, and I know it's the summer, but he struggled to find where he was going to score. So hopefully it's been worked out in practice, the preseason. I still think it's going to take 
you know, several games during the preseason to see how they're going to mesh and how Curbelo is going to fit in. Uh, we won't truly know, I think, until, you know, January, February. He's going to have his moments, but odds are he's going to have some moments where he struggles. Uh, then we're going to see how is the development and the improvement of Joel Soriano. Mike Anderson expects big things from the big fella. Last year, he gave you six and four, six and five. Uh, but he had a big summer averaging a double-double. Can he do that? I don't know. I, I doubt double figures in rebounds, but I think it's more likely he's going to average between 10 and 11 points a game and six rebounds a game. I think those are realistic numbers for Joel. But if he and Posh and David Jones, those three can lead St. John's, then we'll see what the younger guys can do and how they can fill it all up. Anderson feels the scoring is going to come from a variety of players this season. I got a chance to talk to him during Big East Media Day, and here's how the conversation went. This is going to be a team that you got to pick out your poison. I mean, you you know, you, you can't just key in on, let's say, last year, Julian Champagne and Posh. People keyed in on them. Now you got to worry about Joel. You got to worry about David. You got to worry about Andre. You got to worry about Posh. You got to worry about Penzon, Omar. I mean, you go on and on. Those were some of my best teams when it comes from different places. You got more balance. So you've been quoted as saying that this is your best team or deepest team. Uh, our most talented team. I know I'm paraphrasing there, but it seems like you really like this team because really these are your guys. Yeah, they are. These are guys we brought in and uh, they like each other. I think that's the biggest thing right there. Obviously, uh, I can like them right now. It may not be the same in two months. I think we got a lot of depth. Uh, I think we got some guys who can get up and down the floor and make good decisions. I think we could be better, much better defensively. And so I think we got a balance, good balance of guards. Got balance of, you know, if you want to call swing players. And then I think our forwards, uh, I think we got a pretty good slew of, of guys there. And when you have a summer where you can go out there and play and practice with two of the top transfers in the country, how much did that help to see what they can do and get them acclimated to what you need to do? I think it's big. It gets that aha moment out where everybody, you know, trying to figure it out, uh, but we got a chance to see it and they got a chance to spend time with each other and bond and build some camaraderie. Uh, but as we jump into uh, the fall and to practice, I think it makes it easier for us to get into the things we want to do and what I'm expecting out of those guys. So uh, I can see how, you know, let's say Andre and Pasha on the floor at the same time, what they bring to the table or a guy like Davy Jones. How does he come in and he's a guy that can score? You know, how do we put that in play in what we're doing? And not only that, we got other guys who are really improving. A guy like Joel Soriano, he's a guy I'm looking forward to, you know, be a guy maybe double-figure scorer for our basketball team. Montez Mathis, a guy that's a fifth-year guy. We got to lean in on that experience and, and bring that motor to the game. Omar Stanley, who's really improved. So, so again, we got a cast of guys uh, that I think will really help our basketball team that uh, we got a chance to see some of that in the DR. Do you look at Jones as a guy that could lead this team in scoring? 
I, I think he's capable of doing that. He's a guy that can score, and, and then you're playing with guards that are so unselfish and, and posh, and a guy like Andre, uh, and a guy like Raphael. I think uh, Penzon, who didn't, you know, he was hurt last year. Uh, so I think, you know, people are going to be surprised when they see him play this year. Uh, but I think the beauty of it is, though, is we got an inside-out game now with Joel. He's a guy that can give us a presence inside, and they're going to allow guys outside to, to, to do what they do in terms of scoring. And finally, Coach, finish this sentence. A successful season for St. John's is? Being one of the last teams playing uh, in the country when it's all said and done. That, that's, that is the goal. Translation, make the NCAA tournament, get to the second weekend. That's the goal of most teams for sure. Anderson has put the pressure on himself. He has called this his most talented team, the most talent he's had since he's been here. He's had the talent. This is year four. Johnny's fans are hungry. They haven't been to the big dance since 2019. If they don't make it this year, that seat is going to get awfully hot for Mike Anderson. This is his year. He has gone on record. It's time, St. John's. And that brings us to Seton Hall. The Pirates would like nothing more than to make the big dance. The pieces are in place. A lot of new pieces. Shaheen Holloway, we know he can coach. We know what he did at St. Peter's. And he has gone on record as saying he's hungry. He wants to do what he did at St. Peter's here at Seton Hall. And beyond, he wants a Final Four. He wants a national championship. He's not shying away from that. Is it going to happen this year? Probably not. But he has to get the players. He has the pedigree. He has the work ethic. He has his formula. Now, he needs to get his players to buy in. There's talent in South Orange. So many new faces. Eight of them in all for the Pirates. Alamir Dawes brings leadership, toughness, three-point shooting. Femio Ducale brings scoring, slashing, length at 6'5". Casey Nadefo. Man, if anyone knows how to play for St. Peter's and Shaheen Holloway, it's the transfer. He knows how to play for Holloway. He brings leadership, toughness, undersized, yes, but man, I want him in a foxhole. The Davis brothers, Dre brings experience, toughness in the paint. And Tay, did you hear about the dunk he had in practice? He might be the best athlete on this team. And that's saying a lot. But the straw that stirs the drink is Kaderi Richmond. He's the only player on this team that earned any preseason honors. The coaches know this kid's talented. He made preseason all Big E's second team. But boy, if there is ever a player who hasn't reached his potential, it's Kaderi Richmond, oozing with potential, right? Oozing with talent. The knock is, he doesn't practice like he plays. He doesn't bring it every day in practice. He's mercurial. Can Coach Holloway work his magic like he has with so many prior point guards? I talked to Holloway at Media Day. 
I asked him straight up, what about Kaderi Richmond? Can you do it? Here's what he had to say. I think it's good for him, right? Anytime you get an individual award, you know, I thought he had a good, good year last year for the guys. Um, but it's, he, I told him he got a lot, a lot of work to do. You know, when you get awards like this, you gotta, this should make you hungry. You know, one more, right? So now you should want first team. Then you should want player of the year. So I think this is a good, a good step for him. Being not only one of the best point guards in Big East play when you were there, and certainly in Seton Hall men's basketball history, you have a history here. Uh, you have a history mentoring point guards, going back to Jordan Theodore and Kadeen Carrington. Isaiah Whitehead. These are guys that you've coached and mentored and brought up with you. So what do you see in Kaderi that you like? And and what do you see that, hey, here's where you need to go? I think, you know, first, 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 we got to get him in shape, right? We got to get him in better shape. Um, got to get him to be more consistent. You know, I think when, when he's uh, in better shape, he could be more consistent on both ends. Um, I want him to be more of a leader. I got to get him to talk a little bit more. Um, he got all the skills. Um, but just trying to work with the from the shoulders up, you know. I think from the shoulders down, he's he's great. From the shoulders up, he just gotta get him to you know think the game a little bit more, understand that you know you you gotta bring it every single day, and just I keep using the word consistency because when he if he got if he's consistent, I think everything else will kind of fall into place. Okay, so who are the guys that have surprised you so far, and maybe somebody who the fans uh, will be pleasantly surprised when the season begins? Really, I'm really impressed with. Uh, uh, Tay David, a freshman. Um, he's six eight, do a little bit of everything. His brother Dre Davis um, plays hard nosed kid. Uh, Femi from Pittsburgh has been really really good. Uh, Alameda Dawes, you know, from Clemson has been really good. Casey is bringing a certain toughness that we need. Um, um, Samuel Tyrese is, is is starting to understand what I want from him. And I think you know once Trey gets it, because Trey got all the talent in the world. Trey, Trey Jackson, he got all the talent in the world. Once he kind of get, you know, that thing that I, I call that mm factor, well, once he get that, I think he's he going to have a tremendous year. From the outside looking in, Coach, two of the weaknesses could be three-point shooting and rebounding with the size of this team. Is that fair? And, and how do you overcome those? Well, we're going to gain rebound, right? We got big guards. You know, Kadari 6'5", Femi 6'5". You know, so those, so we got you know those guys that get six rebounds a game, you know, to help. Um, Dre, Dre David, he's gonna get his. Casey's gonna get his. You know, Tay Davis is gonna get his. I gotta get Tyrese to get seven a game. I gotta get Trey Jackson to get five a game. You know, so you get that. You know, now you're getting rebounding. Farther than shooting, we worked on that the whole summer. You know, because we wasn't because we didn't have the bodies to practice. So we did a lot of um, individual skill session stuff. So you know, shooting was a it's a, it's a part that we still kind of it's a work in progress. I've been reading a lot and hearing a lot of your quotes. It seems like you want to play a lot of guys, and this team is going to defend. Is that going to be the face of this team? Defense, hard-nosed, uh, blue-collar. That's who I am. You know, so I want my I want team to defend my personality. That's who I am. That's what I did at St. Peter's. That's what I hope to do here. Will all the guys buy into many playing? Well, they have no other choice. You know, if they, if they don't defend, they ain't playing. You know, that's kind, of the, that's kind of how I am. When you give me defense, you can do what you want on offense. Um, but if you don't play defense, you ain't playing. Yeah. You better play defense for Shaheen Holloway. All right? Give him 100% on the defensive end. Go ahead and shoot away on the offense. This team is going to be known 
by its defense. That is their identity. They may win games ugly. They're going to win games with their defense first. Remember those stretches of Kevin Willard's teams that would make you scratch your head and they would just take plays off defensively and allow 50 points in the first half. And then Willard would come back, make his halftime adjustments, and they'd ratchet it up defensively in the second half. How many times did we see that? And they got away with it more often than not, but they got burned also. You're not going to see that under Shaheen Holloway. You're going to see 40 minutes of defense. All right. But what are they going to get out of Tyree Samuel and Trey Jackson? Can those two players finally consistently bring it every night? Because boy, those are two players who can drop 20 on any given night and become invisible the next. A lot of question marks with the Pirates, but they have a lot of talent. You can say that about a lot of teams in the Big East this year outside of the top three or four. And I mean that, all right? From Seton Hall, St. John's, and Providence, right on down to Georgetown and DePaul, a lot of question marks. Every team has a lot of talent. It should be fun. The Big East is wide open. Creighton has the bullseye. I think, here's my prediction, six teams from the Big East will make the NCAA tournament with an outside shot at seven. Providence, Seton Hall, St. John's, that fifth, sixth, or seventh team right there on the bubble. If you ask me for locks, I'm going with Creighton, Villanova, UConn, Xavier as locks for the NCAA tournament. Six is my prediction. Outside shot at seven. We'll have more for you here on the Tri-State College Basketball Podcast. I'm hoping to get Dan Hurley. He said he's going to come on. I'm trying my best to get him to come on before the season starts. We'll also do more on Rutgers and the Big Ten. College basketball season is upon us. We can see the start of the season, and I can't wait. As always, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll catch you very soon right here on the Tri-State College Basketball Podcast. Thanks for listening. So long.